Upload date is the 1st of November, 2022, episode 313. It is Sunday, October 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern. Here we go, 3-2. With the recent passing of our beloved Mr. Al, at nearly 103 years old, a lot of talk here at the Jack's house about the afterlife. Donna begins the conversation this episode with what does heaven look like? Who's there to take your ticket? Do blended families who have battled through the years lay down their swords and share a set of tongs, the world's longest salad bar? Is everybody together again enlisted on the family membership at CrossFit Gym? Is Coach Dooley hanging out today smoking cigars with Bear Bryant? Maybe. At least until Barbara arrives. We're wanting to book somebody for an upcoming episode who has seen the light and then been pulled back down. Man, what a disappointment that must have been. The coming back down here part, of course. Episode 313 starts now. Cadillac Jack, my second act. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years welcome to my second act. Podcasting my second act after doing radio my entire life. My second act, a podcast where we talk about things you're already talking about with your family and your friends. We have conversations about current events and pop culture, uh, stories in the the news, headlines, music, plus endearing and revealing stories about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. My name is Donna. I'm Kathy's wife. I have been wondering lately, um, and not just because of the untimely passing of um, Mr. Al, but just in general, I'm kind of wondering, like, how does heaven work? Like, what is the schematic? They take your ticket at the pearly gates, and then you either go left or you go right. Okay, so that begs the question, like, what What do you mean? Like, what are the areas? The areas are uh, those that have um, done good, those that tried, those that um, could have tried a little harder. Those that didn't try at all are, are downstairs, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They didn't get the, the go to the pearly gates ticket, golden ticket. Hmm. I asked my mom, she was talking about, I'm not going to get into everything, but she was talking about how, she was asking me how they were going to be structuring Mr. Al's funeral and, you know, his kids were doing that and what was happening and that type of thing. And so I started talking to her and I said, do you still want, you know, your, your, like your funeral and everything or how you want, you know, everything to happen to be the same? And she's like, well, I guess so. And I said, well, what do you mean? Like, what do you want to be different or whatever? And I said, so my mom wants to be cremated. And so um, my father was cremated and he is in a, I forgot what you call those things. Uh, my, uh, not a monastery, but a. Uh, uh, anyway, a, cre- a crematorium. I can't remember. No, no, Anyways, well, it's like a memorial park up at Fripp Island um, because we spent so much time at Fripp Island. My dad loved the beach. So his ashes are up there and they have this beautiful kind of park where. Mausoleum. Uh, yeah, I think that's more. I, I think I don't know. Look that up. Goggle that. Right. Goggle that. Where do ashes go? But um, so, anyways, it's just like a really kind of pretty park, and there's you know different people are there, or whatever. So my dad has one. Oh, this is like I should have like thought of the wording for this better. But okay, so my dad has one area where his ashes are, and then there's a blank one beside it for my mom to go to. And so I said, um, okay, well, do you still want to be buried at? Um, you know, at Fripp Island with dad. Is you know what she says? I don't, but I think you're going to tell me that she said no. No, she didn't say no. She okay. said, well, what are my options? Good question, Harriet. Good question. And I said, well, 
I mean, you can go wherever you want to go. Like, if you don't, we can move dad. Or, you know, it just, it just started like this whole conversation. But then I started thinking the next level about like heaven. Okay. So God forbid, like something happens, like, like, okay. So right now is Al with his wife who passed away because there wasn't anything acrimonious. They weren't like, okay. Like, you know, when Brad Pitt and like, um, okay, well, this is a perfect example. Like when Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and Jennifer Aniston all are there pass. They've all been married. Who goes with who? Like, where do you go? Where does Brad go? And he's not married to either one of them anymore. What do you mean go? In heaven. Like, where does he hang out? Like, is he with his kids, with Angelina? Or if Jennifer Aniston was his one true love, is he over in that section? What's that show you watch where he rotates from house to house? Oh, uh, well, not anymore. Because those wives have wised up. Oh, okay. Um, about the Mormon guy. Maybe you, oh. you jump around. My, my sister wives. You jump around, maybe. My heaven. You spend you spend time with, with every party. My little piece of heaven. And I think that in heaven. My slice of heaven. There's no um, there's no animosity. There's no, all that's been checked at the gate, at the pearly gate. Everybody's one unit. Everybody gets along. Everybody, that's, that's my hope anyway. So like, okay, so then, well, me and you, and because we've got Will. Yeah. Will me, well, you, and Dawn, and yeah, Will, like know. how will we, will, like where do we live? <sighs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. In a yurt. In heaven. Yeah, a yurt. No, because heaven is like everything you've ever wanted. Like if you, well, if how you, about peace then? Peace. So, so we all live peacefully, right? Yes. But like, where do we live? Like, are we all together? I don't are know we? All that. I don't know. A Winnebago. Do you ever wonder things like that? Uh, I do occasionally. I haven't lately. Okay, um, like your dad and your mom. Like, will your da- okay? All right, this is good. But they had a good relationship. Yeah, but then is your dad like? So does Brenda ever get to come and see your okay, dad? Brenda or? was my dad's second wife, my stepmother, and they were married of, a very long time. Yes, yeah, she was my stepmother for like third grade through. Hell, I don't know when she ran off with a homeless man. Lived in uh, a okay. tent down. We can leave below that the bridge. We can leave that part out. But like, does she Asheville. get to come over and just say hello to Bill? Or if she loved Will later, does she get to come over with us? And I, see, think I mean, so. like, I just I, I don't think know. So. This is very confusing. Who would have the answers to this? We need someone who's who has transitioned and come back. Who would that be? Well, I don't know. I mean, there are these people all the time that like flatline, see the light, get to heaven. Now, I, back. I don't know if there's anyone who's actually gone all the way and then come back. I don't think they let you do that. I don't, let you think, I don't think they let Who's you take they? it that far. Who's they? Whoever controls the dynamic of getting you into the pearly gates, because it's not like there are plenty of people who've had an out has of the clicker. Well, they've had an out of body experience or an afterlife. I've had an afterlife experience. You know, like maybe they, you know, I mean, honest to God, if you have a heart attack, like you did, you're, you're close to death at some point. So did you ever see a light or anything? I did not know. Okay. I did not know. That's not a good sign. Well, how, how do you know that's not a good sign? Well, I mean, that means I never died. Okay, yeah. So you weren't. It wasn't like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I didn't die. Well, I know that, but some people who have a close to death experience, kind of experience. Right, I've, I've heard that, but no, I didn't. I didn't have a close to death experience because I didn't. Okay. Feel the arms of Jesus wrapped around me in the light, and what else do you, do you see? I don't know. That's why we have to. Well, yeah, we've read we, about it. Yeah, I don't All know. Right, well, make that a project. Find someone who's seen the light and come back. Book them for the next episode. Um. All right, the cremated people go to a memorandum. A memorium. Moratorium. That's no. That's when you stop doing something. You put a moratorium on 
Custom. Mausoleum. M-A-U-S-O-L-E-U-M. Yes. A mausoleum. Now, is an outdoor mausoleum called something different? Donna, huh. we, we, there's only so many minutes in an episode. Okay. I don't All right. We can jump that All right. to, uh, to Thursday if you like. All right. Well, I guarantee you there are people listening who've had the same wonder and questions. Not about the outdoor mausoleum, but like, just how is this mess going to... Because the, the thought is that when you get to heaven, you're right. All I want in my life is peace in general. And so when you get to heaven, that's what you're guaranteed. And so it's like, I don't want to be like standing somewhere and have certain people come up and tap me on the back. And I turn around and go, are you seriously? Yeah, well, like, the, 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 all those no. people will be there, though. I mean, like, okay. Think about it. Think of the people that, that through your life you wrote off or... Mm. What happened? You know, they're they're all going to be there, and they're going to know you're coming because you're you're announced. Like, there's a ticker that goes mm. across in the cafeteria every morning. Who's coming? And there'll be people looking for Donna Choke, Donna Tiger. Oh, I'm, there are tons. I mean, they'll. Tiger, li- but I mean, but Tiger Choke. They're they're. I mean, but they're going to come racing out of like that. But I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to be like, oh god. Okay, well, let's not do that though. Let's not, let's let's hug, let's hug and embrace and. Well, most these are of your brothers and your sisters. Okay, most of them I will. Thursday, October 27th, Thursday, October 27th, during a 12-hour period, use of the N-word jumped by almost 500% on a particular social media platform. The platform was Twitter. Thursday, October 27th, was the day Elon Musk closed a $44 billion deal to buy Twitter. And, and since the initial offer was made like eight months ago, and even prior to that, Elon Musk preached about the need for free speech and that if, if, if he controlled Twitter, uh, that he would return free speech to all of America. Does use of the N-word or words like Nazi or kikes or groomer, words with sexist and anti-LGBTQ, Messages, dead naming of transgender people. Is that free speech? Thursday, October 27th, Elon Musk took control of Twitter. Is it a good thing? What's going to happen? Elon Musk has pledged that there will be a, a content moderation council with widely diverse viewpoints will be in charge of determining what is acceptable under the free speech I think it's a mess. But here's my thought on this. I, You know, like mitigating what people can and can't say doesn't stop people from being those types of people and thinking that way. So I almost think like, okay, um, flush these people out. Like if you want to put if, – if, if that's who you are, then show the world who you are. And maybe you lose your job or your spouse, wife or husband, you know, realizes – Maybe they're not, I don't know, like maybe you're not the person that they thought you were. Like if you're using anti-Semitic, you know, comments or whatever, or if you are in charge of employees, or maybe you've been hiding out that you're this upstanding citizen, but in fact, in reality, you're, you know, incredibly racist or a closet Nazi or something like, you know, hopefully what comes from it, if anything, is that people see the true colors of people and there's some sort of ramifications, you know, all of this stuff with Kanye, um, Thank God that Adidas said, see you later, you know, and he lost in one day Adidas, um, his agent, his agent, his sponsorships, his record label, you know, and I think the point of that is that, yeah, there's free speech. You can say whatever you want. Sure. You can post whatever you want to. It's, it's your social media, you know, but post up until your heart's content enough to lose your job. 
And that's what people don't realize or to lose relationships. It's like, yes, you can put whatever diatribe on your social media or whatever pictures or whatever you think or whatever you want to do, but you may just post yourself into losing your, you know, your livelihood. Is there a statute of limitations? How far, how far should we go back? How far back can you dig? I don't know, because I mean, it also goes to the fact that, you know, I'm going to add a Morgan Wallen song later. I do still love Morgan Wallen's music. He used it one time. I don't know if he's used it in the past. Well, he meant his words all the time. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm very conflicted on the whole thing. And I'm not saying that, um, you know, those people be damned that that put it on Twitter that they have to lose their jobs. I'm just saying that I think to to for people to assume that to mitigate it and to not have somewhere where, OK, like on this platform, you can't post these things. Now, should you be? No. But it doesn't stop people from thinking and, and, and being the people that they are just by telling someone, no, you can't do that. Um, I don't know. I think if it goes, it depends on like, I think if it's something you did when you were maybe really like young, young. Okay, but what's young, young? I don't know. Maybe. But even then, I mean, I, I, you know, it always bothers me to no end when this one, this really, really bothers me when people put up like anti-Semitic or, or even those types of things and like the parents don't do anything like the kids, you know, we've had, we, we not, we haven't had a kid do that, obviously, but I mean, we have been in situations in a school where some kid was just posting all of this type of stuff and the parents just are sort of like, uh, oh, well. And so it kind of makes you wonder that, you know, if, if that's not concerning to parents, then what's being said in the home? What are the thoughts? What's the thought pattern in the home, you know, that allowed this child to start thinking this way. And I think that is also a little unfair to take a snapshot the first day uh-huh. that, e- that Elon Musk is in charge of Twitter because there are people that, that their sole intent was to test the limits of free speech just to see how far I, they could I go. I agree. Yeah. Just to see how far they could go. Coach Curry Smart opened his post-Georgia, Florida win press conference with some comments about Georgia coach and athletic director Vince Dooley, who passed on Friday. Let's say, uh, you know, to the Dooleys back home in Athens, I know they're together. Um, meant a lot uh, for us to win that game for them. And, um you know, all that Vince has meant to our university and such an ambassador of our program and really all of college football. So uh, I know if he was looking down on that one, he would have enjoyed the first half. And I don't know that he would have enjoyed the second one, but uh, he and Eric probably had a laugh uh, together about it. And um, he's meant so much to us and just in honor of him and, and their family. It's easy to talk about Coach Vince Dooley and the legacy he built for the Georgia football team. And, and, and for the athletics department off the field, he was just as committed to the university and to Athens. He built the library program with his generous donations, gender equality within the athletics department. News broke Friday around 5 o'clock, 4.35 o'clock Eastern Friday afternoon. Uh, the Vince Dooley, legendary coach of the University of Georgia football team, had passed at his home. He was a member of the College Football Hall of Fame, as well as the winningest football coach in UGA history. 201 victories, six SEC titles during his 25 years, leading the Bulldogs from 64 to 88, and one national championship prior to the one we got last year. The only national championship was one under Coach Vince Dooley. Um, You were with Coach Dooley and his wife, Barbara, 
and one of the daughters, right? Yes, Denise. Um, at his final book signing, we know now. At so your store in Alpharetta. And uh, that was how long ago? Two months? Two months ago. So we do a lot of um, apparel and a lot of things with the University of Georgia. But this was um, this was an interesting situation. His publisher um, shops with me and had come in and said, um, it was telling me about the book. And, and it was called Dooley's Plays. or Yeah, Dooley's Plays, Dooley's Dogs. Anyways, um, and it was the second edition of a book that he had written before. And he said, you know, we're finishing up this book. And I said, let's do a book signing in the store. And he was like, well, let me talk to Vince. And, you know, cause, and I said, let's do it around when, you know, the game is at the Mercedes and we can, you know, just make it super easy on him. And, you know, and he said to me, he goes, yes, because, you know, um, anyways, he called, yes, because he said coach is 90. And I remember when he told me that thinking, wait, what? He's 90. And when he came out to do the book signing, we, um, we didn't have the books because the books were coming from FedEx. They were coming late and God works in great ways because I'm glad we didn't have the books because it would have been too much for him. He was very feeble when he came in and it was striking to me because yes, as a university graduate, university of Georgia graduate, and I was there when Dooley coached and um, you just in your mind, and I know this is going to sound crazy to people, but it's like a Bear Bryant situation or anyone, a legendary coach. You never thought he would go away. He's always the coach of the Georgia Bulldogs always. Um, and yes, there've been great coaches and Kirby's a great coach, but I mean, coach Dooley is everything. And he was the sweetest man um, when he came in. And what, again, what I observed, what I observed is him and Barbara's love. And anyone who knows about the two of them knows that they were always together in lockstep. When he was coaching, she was on the sidelines all the time, every game. Now that they're together, she, you know, just fawns over him and he fawns over her. And they do hold hands and they walk each other places and they drive their little car and they, you know, come up and, and make sure that each of them gets in the store. And, and and they're just funny. And they've always had a really funny – Barbara Dooley is one of the funniest people you'll ever meet. And when she came in, I said, you know, I heard that Coach Dooley likes – um you know, uh, Diet Coke. So I got him just some Diet Cokes. And she said, yes. And she said, but every now and then give him a water because he'll just drink and drink and drink these Diet Cokes. And he has to have, to have a break to take the to go to the bathroom because he won't go to the bathroom. And just funny, funny stuff. But um, he did seem very, like, old. And it just, I, I even said to you after that night, it made me really sad. It made me feel old. It made me sad. Um, and I do think about his wife, um, and obviously his entire family, Derek and the girls and all of his grandchildren, he was just talking about them, you know, all night long. And Denise was there and they're just a great, great loving family. Um, a lot of people don't know this about Coach Julie's Italian, so big Italian family and um, just very sweet, very sweet. A story going around, I heard this week that Kirby Smart told, uh, Kirby Smart is the current coach of the Bulldogs, is that right before they flew to, where was the national championship? Um, Ohio, uh, Indianapolis. Yes. Before they flew to Indianapolis, like two days before, Coach Smart was in the athletics building. Um, I didn't know there were 15 floors in any building in Athens, but he said <laughs> he goes up to the 15th floor, and in the hall, sit on a bench, is Vince Dooley. And he'd locked himself out of his office. Oh, dear. And he's waiting for maintenance or security, somebody to bring him a key. This is at night. He was getting some work done. And and they had a great exchange and conversation like they always did. And 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 Coach Kirby Smart has said now he knew at that moment 
Coach Dooley was his good luck charm and that they were going to bring the national championship back. Oh, my gosh. To Athens. Because he saw the, him. The elevator opens. Ding. And there he is. And there's Coach Vince Dooley sitting there on a bench outside of his, outside of his oh. office waiting on the keys locked out of his office. Oh. Um, you did a kind of a Q&A session when you had Coach Dooley in your store. And one of your kids, uh, teenagers, high school kids that, that works for you, asked Coach Dooley about his relationship with Coach Kirby Smart. Yes. Oh, I'm talking about that. He said. I thought you were going to like roll tape or something. I don't remember. Um, he actually said that he did. That they had a great relationship. Well, yeah, that they did. Because I think a lot of people have thought that they, they kind of had a cantankerous relationship. Um, because, again, everyone assumes that Dooley is the coach, even when they won the national championship this time around. And no, Kirby Smart was the coach. And Kirby um, has said also that, you know, he, um, he and Barbara embraced their family from day one. And coach Julie said that he had great admiration for Kirby and that he respected him not only as a coach, but as a man and a father um, and a spouse. And he said that was equally as important to him when finding a coach, because at the end of the day, these coaches are um, spending more time with these players than their families and they have to and and coach Julie said something that I thought was very interesting and and I think Kirby does a great job of this I've heard mixed reviews about this from people that some people think Kirby's way too relaxed um you know he'll he'll drop an f-bomb on the on the sidelines or on an interview but coach Julie said that that is the most delicate balance and I believe this the most delicate balance of all in college football is you are coaching a group of men, boys, who some of them are boys and some of them are kind of men, and they love all of the new things that are out there. They love expensive tennis shoes and nice cars and rap music and country music. And I mean, they represent, you know, so many places that they all come from. And as a coach, you have to sort of be in their world, but be above their world, if that makes sense. Because you can't be so distant that they don't want to win for you. They they have to believe that you understand them and you get them and you get their backgrounds and you know their life stories. But at the same time, they have to have the respect and admiration that you are ultimately their coach. And he talked about that for a long time. And I thought that was one of the most interesting conversations because that is so true. That is so true. Imagine wrangling a bunch of college guys. You They're know, so distracted. And that all, like like you said, all have different, I mean, some come from America's Georgia, some come from Chicago, Illinois, right, right. some come from, you know, it's crazy. So I just, you know, I'm I'm so glad that um, Georgia won. And I'm also so, so glad that, and I think he he was ready. His resting time was ready because he was there when they named the field. They just named, um, you know, Dooley the field, field Dooley Field. And I just think he, you know, he went so peacefully. Um, and he got to see a national championship, the field named in his honor. He had some great grandchildren. And it was just, you know. Whose table is Vince sitting at? Oh, um, I don't know. I wonder if him and Bear Bryant and everybody are t- like, see, is there like a, is there a coach's section? The coach's lounge. Like, does he get to go away and- every now and then and go to the coach's lounge? Well, until Barbara back? gets up there, yes. When Barbara, yeah. when Barbara arrives, no. He, he, Vince will be by her side. He won't be allowed to go to the coach's lounge. Yeah, Barbara will be like, has he been up here smoking cigars? Yeah. <laughs> now to check the fax machine back there, if you don't mind. Uh, Ollie and Andrew Deals are, are back. Let me turn it off and on. During the podcast, just uh, it's going it, to make that noise, that fax machine. You know what I'm talking about? Ultra thin insoles this week, $3.99. Easy step. Men's size is 8 through 13. Uh, fits dress shoes, casual shoes, and sneakers. Why do we need ultra thin insoles? What happens? These to protect your bunions and your corns I, I, and things? I, I mean, I don't. I'm unclear. I'm unclear. Uh, theirs. Who's theirs, Donna? 
Oh, I would say Roses, Sears, Roses, Sears Walmart, Dollar yeah. General. Yeah, all Any that. of those, those yeah. stores that sell shitty stuff. Not at, not oh, at, oh my God. Not okay. at, not at, at, at Ollie's where they sell good stuff, cheap stuff, good. Ollie's! Good stuff, cheap! Yankee Candles this week, 19 okay, ounce. Okay, that's a good deal. Okay, well, they're all good deals, Donna. Okay. They're all great deals, that's as a matter of fact. Deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's get excited about all of them. 19 ounce large jar candle. This is uh, the Yankee Candle Company, right? Mm-hmm. Scents and styles vary by store. Mm-hmm. If you don't get the green apple that you so desire. I don't want that. And Griffin, check out the uh, the store across town. Mm. $8.99. $8.99, Donna, the price. I will say, I don't, I you know, I've that's said a, this. That's be- a cheap, good deal. Yeah, but I've said this before. I don't, I do not want a candle that smells like a food. Stop with the apple pie. Okay. And All right, the, okay. Let's, let's stay positive. Let's stay positive about okay. uh, the Yankee candles. I'm positive. Candles I don't want an apple pie candle. All right, Donna, thank you. Uh, $8.99, the price. What are there's seventeen forty nine. Seventeen eighteen dollars dollars That's like 10 bucks. you're going to say. That's probably candle. the Yankee candle store. Who, who spends seventeen forty nine on a candle? I just spent $24 at one on Whole, at I whole Foods. I wish you told me that. Actually, in my store, I have la, candles la, la, that la, cost la, $38. La, la, la. Okay, stop it. It's a double wick. Alley, good stuff, cheap. A truck full of trolls, 12-inch troll toddler dolls. Okay, now I do love a troll doll. Nine ninety nine. The ones with the little hair that stick up? Nine ninety nine is in your copy. Do they have clothes on? The dark uh, webs. Where you no, get it's not on. dirty. They're, the troll dolls right. look like that. Uh, theirs, theirs are priced at seventeen ninety nine. They're troll dolls. Okay, I don't know who else is selling troll dolls. We got a whole, uh, we got a whole train car full mm. of trolls. Ollie's has everything you need and then some. Mm-hmm. Uh, deals at uh, all four hundred fifty two stores this week at Ollie's. You get. Uh, you get uh, cheap stuff good. Ollie, good stuff cheap. Hi, friends. I'm here at one of my five unclaimed Fronty Mark showrooms to show you we have a complete lineup. Oh, okay, right, let's hang go on, top. Hang we on. just do it all. Let's go. This is the outtakes from Wolfman. I'm sorry. Good Lord. I didn't pull the right commercial. The price is so low. You're confused. Hi, friend. We'd like you. Hi, friend. We'd like you to. Re- Hi, friend. We'd like you. Oh my god. Hey, ask for the wolf, man. One, two, three. Hey, ask for the wolf, man. That's the entire production team right there. You still mm. ask for the wolf, man. Yeah, the wolf, man, wearing the same hey, clothes. I may okay. be confused, but you still ask for the wolf, man. Ask for the wolf, man. Ask for Donna. Legendary commercials. Oh, that one from 1982, Donna. Did you did you hear young Donna's voice? Yes. And see the bangs and the hair, the big hair? Yes. Right? She's probably did quit cussing. That was the outtake. I didn't mean to run the outtake reel uh, for the commercial there for Gallery Furniture. Um, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. When that commercial was shot in 1982, they were the same place they are today. They hadn't moved. They've uh, they bought warehouses, excuse me, storage uh, storage units and storage facilities all around Gainesville, just where they are able to uh, to park the inventory that comes in every week. Four, five, six truckloads of brand new furniture for every room in your house, and they got to put it somewhere. They got a huge showroom there, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville, but not even 2,900 million square feet is enough to hold all of the inventory they get every week at Gallery Furniture. Yeah, and one of the first people to reach out to me last week when everything was going down with Mr. Al was, of course, Donna, because she is such a kind, sweet person. And those are the people that you want to do business with. You know, we keep saying it um, a lot that, you know, these big box retailers, they really don't care about you. Um, They care about how many of you come through the door and how many of you convert to sales and how many of you take on their, you know, nine-year financing 
and that type of thing. But she doesn't. She actually cares about your family. She cares about what you need your furniture for. She cares about when you need it delivered. And she cares about trying to find you the right price because she knows that you guys work hard for your money. Um, and she works hard for her money. So listen, if do business with people who are like you, um, who rely on that money to feed their families, but also to put back into the communities that they're in um, to do good things with. And she does that. She does that all the time. And, 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 and 90%, 99% of the time you never know about it because she doesn't want you to know about it. She does it not for the, the ink and the Gainesville times or whatever the newspaper is up there. She does it because it's the right thing to do because her daddy did the same thing. Or did he ask for the Wolfman? ask for Donna gallery, furniture, Gainesville, Instagram, great follow. The new account is at ask for Wolfman furniture. That's where we're going to find gallery furniture on Instagram. Thank you, Donna and Marilyn and everybody at Gallery Gainesville for your support of the podcast. Also, big thanks to Ford, Built Ford Tough, and Fable Ford, home of the Lifetime Powertrain Warranty. Brightmore Healthcare. And my second act is also brought to you by Awesome Alpharetta. Play a while, stay a while, find your awesome. AwesomeAlpharetta.com. The next episode, yes, what do you got, Don? Go ahead. I want to say something about, um, we had, just briefly, Mark I don't know if you right knew here. this. We're going to stop right here. This is a, a stop here in the runner show. Yes. Well, I just realized we didn't talk about, um, this past weekend, we had homecoming with Charlotte on Saturday. Hoco, yes, Hoco. Hoco, Hoco. And um, they all looked so pretty, and they had such a good time. And it was just so much fun to see her and her friends, and they're just all happy. And I love the fact that they just all go together. With dates, without dates, with, you know, they all go to dinner and they're just a really tight knit group. But I wanted to tell you that when they got to the um, the homecoming dance, she does go to a Christian school. However, fair warning about maybe that's why. But they handed all of them rulers and they had them measure their dresses. You know what? You and I had lunch recently. When? No, dinner. We had, when did we have dinner crust? We had a conversation about the fact that I think that the school is too heavy handed. I'm not happy about it. Well, I, I think that's excessive to hand a child. A, I a do ruler. too. Well, and here's the crazy thing. It's like it's the, the 1800s. Or something. I know. Well, and here's the crazy thing. I don't like that at all. That my that did Charlotte pass? Well, yeah, she did pass. Um, I'm surprised by that. But here's the the craziest part is the boy, and she said this because you know she's she's independent. She's independent thinking. She's an independent woman. She's like, mom, the boys just breeze through, and here all the girls have to line up. Okay, well the boys are wearing tuxedos. I know, but it's like, I just, I don't know. I thought, like, really? Now, she did tell me that on Toga Day, homecoming week, Toga Day was one day, and that there were plenty, they would get on the girls if they showed shoulder. But the guys come in with muscle shirts and, and, and wife beaters and tank yeah. tops, and, and their muscles are showing. And, yeah. and, and so Charlotte brought that concern up, you know. Yeah, I mean, we just got to get through. But right. yeah, Beautiful I just pictures of I just thought it was very interesting. Like like you said, it's like flash dance. Like yeah, really, you have to measure your own skirt. And there was no heads up about that either. That no, was there, was. there they, was. Well, not that they were going to hand them out rulers, but they were very specific. And they kept sending out, you know, things about dress code. And I, I do understand that like maybe with a dress code, you know, I, I don't know. But it gets so crazy. Like you can't have spaghetti straps. You can't. And I think what they don't understand, because they also did this at her old school. And when you go to kind of like a Catholic school or private, you know, a, a Christian school, this happens. However, I don't think they understand how difficult it is nowadays 
to find a dress with all the restrictions with these restrictions. And I mean, a lot of restrictions, not just that it not be a hoochie mama dress and it needs to come down past your hoo-ha, which it should. And, you know, but Charles barely did, but, but down past your knees, but then it can't have any cutouts at the top or you can't have spaghetti straps. You can't have, it's like spaghetti straps. Well, and it's like trying to go find a flip phone. For your kid right now you're good luck yeah. you know like i don't want one that has all this stuff on it i don't want them to be able to you know access porn or the internet or whatever like you're like they're like sir that's not going to happen okay because every phone has everything on it and this whole thing about spaghetti straps it's like what's going to happen like if a girl wears spaghetti straps this has been my argument and you know i get going and then charlotte Char- Char- i got a special guest here sure hang on and then charlotte gets going with me about why can't these boys control themselves? Like, is it's never the boys' responsibility. It's the girls wearing the spaghetti straps that are going to cause these boys to go into a frenzy and act inappropriately. I mean, it's just stupid. Willie, what do you think about that? Now he got me on the air, did he? Oh, Lord. Is he It's, it's Willie. It's William, everybody. Hello, William. Will, would spaghetti straps make you act inappropately? What's the spaghetti strap? Oh, no, we'll see. No, they're not going to. Well, you don't, so you don't even know what a spaghetti well, strap is. Well, it's a thin strap. In a, in a, we were talking about, and yes, we're recording an episode of the podcast. We'll call you back in a little bit. But uh, we were talking about how at uh, homecoming Friday, Charlotte School or Saturday. Saturday. They handed out rulers to the girls when they walked in the dance, and they had to they had to measure their dresses. Oh, well, I mean, it's a private school. They exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. But, okay. but she passed. I don't know if you saw her I dress. Just, it was how. I don't know it was how questionable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She passed. All right. We'll call you back. We love you. Okay. We'll bye bye. All right. Bye bye. All right. 23 year old William checking in. I don't think a spaghetti strap is going to make him go crazy because he doesn't know what a spaghetti strap is. I just think that they're I just, you know, the whole thing about uh, if, uh, you know what? Let's just stop because we just, we're, we're yeah. running long. We're running long. We'll say, yeah. We're running long. Here you know, we should time. take that up next time, though. Like, is it's really not, we, and not in relation to her school, but just, how you feel as a parent because homecoming parties are coming up end of year parties are coming up and we know that you can be liable everyone knows as a parent you can be liable if you're giving out alcohol but how much intervention should the school have in well, but they sent out they sent out emails quoting Georgia's Georgia stature what Georgia what are those things called like OGSA the um yeah the legal the legal stuff. yeah next episode of Cadillac Jack My Second Act the Thursday episode upload day will be Thursday November 3rd, Ben Burnett, our guest on the Ben Burnett podcast, the Ben Burnett show podcast. We're doing improved Ben Burnett show podcast. Now part of uh, the Dickie Broadcasting family. And we're going to talk about uh, election day, which is a week from today. If you're listening on upload day today, which is November the 1st, November 8th, next Tuesday is election day. Uh, the uh, Georgia gubernatorial debates are happening right now as we record this episode between uh Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and, and uh, who's the other lady? Stacey who, Abrams. Lady? Stacey Abrams. She, her. Uh, we'll talk about the debates with uh, Ben. We're going to talk about uh, the elections, not only here in Georgia, but uh, the, the highly contested races nationwide as well. We will have the audio from uh, Luke Bryan when he was in Jacksonville. He brought Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, Ron DeSantis on, on stage. And he's catching a lot of heat about it. Luke had to address it. There was so much flack about it. Luke had to afterwards address it and say, listen, it was not a political thing. We were there to raise money for for Florida residents that were affected by Hurricane Ian. Ah, when you hear the audio, 
of the governor on stage and on Luke Bryan's stage in Jacksonville. There's no, there's no way that he can, he being Luke Bryan can frame this simply as a fundraising event because. Yeah, but I think that was DeSantis trying to hijack. Well, that's my question. It would yeah. be how aware was Luke in his camp that he was going to come out tossing out re-election hats? I don't think he was to the crowd. And, and when you hear the audio, he, it's a pitch. It is a hard sell. I don't think to he was. re-elect. Uh, the governor. And in I, I don't think Luke was. And the reason being is because he's never been political. He's probably one of the most non-political country music star. I think we all think we know where he stands, but we really don't. And I think he's kind of that, okay, good old boy, wanted to raise money because he does have a house in Florida for, and his mother lives there, for hurricane relief. And then DeSantos got up and just turned it into, Bo guarded it into a... He was stomping is yeah. what he was doing. Yep. And the crowd, of course, loved it because they're Republicans and, and, and they're Jackson. But it they're almost concert. made it look like Luke was endorsing him. It, well, it, very, yeah. it didn't almost. It did look like that. The yeah. audio, I think you'll be very surprised at how solid uh, the governor was pitching him himself and his ticket in front of the Luke Bryan crowd, sold out crowd. Um, the audio next episode with Ben Burnett for the Ben Burnett Show podcast. We'll talk uh, election day. Big races, all the impactful races here in our home state in Georgia, but also influential races throughout uh, throughout the nation uh, and where you live, too. Also, Thursday's episode, Esther raised two successful CEOs and a doctor. You'll learn Esther's unpopular parenting rule that she always used on her kids. Going to be some spirited debate about this. Uh, did you Did you have a chance to glance at this article? I did. You did or did Yeah, you no, did? I watched okay. it. I mean, I, I read it. Mm-hmm. All right. That's uh, next episode. Thursday. Can't let check my second act. Let's add some music. We are a music podcast classified as a music podcast by Apple Podcasts. There are 43,000 plus active podcasts every week in that category with Apple. And thanks to you and your loyalty and your support of this podcast, we land in top 100 real estate every week out of 43,000 podcast titles. We love music. We add uh, two songs to the Spotify Hype Song playlists every episode. Of the podcast twice a week, you get them and uh, simple search on Spotify, Caddy and Donna hype songs. Uh, there's a there's a, a playlist for each season of this podcast. We're in season three right now. Donna, you are back to the well with Morgan Wallen. Can't get enough. I mean, can we though? Can't. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm about spoiled on Morgan just from yeah. Yeah, just can't uh, can't get Morgan, enough. Morgan heavy, Morgan heavy. Yep. All right, what's this one all about? This is from the EP from 2015, I think. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean it's just one of my favorite Morgan Wallen songs, um, and it is from the EP, and the EP is fascinating because. You forget there were there were only this was when he came off of um, was it the voice I believe yeah yes um, and the, some of the songs that are on there spin you round is on there um, yin yang girl and it's all the stuff that you think of it I don't know like I, I, you always think of him as having a really long career he hasn't released well whiskey that glasses much. just for for compare and contrast I just, yeah I just made some notes here uh, whiskey glasses okay the the EP the your, your selection this episode is from came out in August 2015. Yeah. Whiskey Glasses, which was Morgan's first major label record debut to radio. Whiskey Glasses came out in, uh, can't read my writing. Um, shortly thereafter. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Here's a little piece of the song for you right now. Sound, you know, and I think his writing's got a lot of 
Brian's Mountain Dew or something. I love song. that line. Don't be sorry. Don't call me. Because I won't pick up the phone. Stand alone. Stand alone. Fantastic. That's a good one. 20th Mortal Wallet song added to the Spotify Hotel playlist just this season. Can't help it. That's that there. All right. Anything else about uh, Morgan in that song? No, just that Mountain Dew. is <laughs> just cracks you up, that line. Let me find it for you. I don't. Okay. 35, 35 years ago this week. 35 years ago. How old were you, Don? Uh, uh, don't do that. I don't, don't, do that. don't do that. Don't do that. There's an artist that released his debut solo studio album. 1987 was the year. Uh, to me, this album ranks with Thriller and, 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 and Purple Rain and Madonna's Like a Prayer. Um, albums where every song could, and in a lot of cases, were singles to radio. It's essentially a greatest hits album. 35 years ago this week, George Michael dropped Faith. Well, I guess it would be nice if I could touch your body. I know not everybody has got a body like you. Well, I need someone to hold me, but I wait for something more. There's more, hang on. Faith, faith, faith. excited about the 35th anniversary I love George Michael it's just we've broken this down on a previous podcast that half the songs that I thought meant one thing well, Tina Turner's talking about a hooker in that one song we didn't know about that so, what yeah. is George Michael alright well I know I loved 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 as I've said before a million times I loved Wham I loved George Michael all right, well, I'll tell you what, you picked up, uh, uh, there were like seven singles off of this album. But you know, you, but I mean, okay, so I, I'm not even going to tell you how old I was, but I mean, like, I, like, this is how the world has changed so much. Like, when George Michael was in Wham!, I just thought they were kind of like cute, the way they danced, and him and Andrew Ridgely and stuff, and it never occurred to me that, they were George, sleeping together. no, they weren't sleeping together, but George Michael was sleeping with everyone else, but that he was gay. I just had no idea. And then I'll never forget when the moment happened when America found out when he got caught in the bathroom and he had to come out. Yeah. And he denied it for a while. And then he came out. He got right with himself. Yeah. And he says he made no qualms about admitting how hiding his sexuality for so many years had taken a serious toll on his mental health. And he did the whole thing where he said um, it was like it wasn't what it was. And then he was. Uh, let's see. Anyways, there's like this whole thing. Um, at the first, he, at first he kind of hit it, and then later he came out and said, you know, that um, he was bisexual. What year? What year was this? Um, okay, so he says, let's see, had my very first relationship at 27. Um, he had not come to terms with my sexuality. Um, I lost my partner to HIV. It took three years to grieve. I felt like I was cursed. Um, by the time he was 19, he was, you know, he said I was putting a bandaid on it and was telling everyone that I was bisexual, um, and, cause he didn't want his mom to worry about it. And then he got caught, um, and came all the way out, I think. But when you were growing up watching him, I had no idea. His moneymaker. 
Well, what, and it wasn't even that. It was more like innocent, like do, 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 For do, 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 yeah, do, yeah. do, do. Like if you could see me right now, I'm snapping and clapping. But um, Throwing some jazz hands. Yeah, like that. But it was just very, like you just didn't know what, what the situation was. But George Michael's very good looking. Like, you know, when he was in Wham, he had the, you know. Frosted tips. Now he's not quite as good looking. But yeah, he had the frosted. Is he still alive? Yes. He? he had the frosted good look. Yeah. The hair and just everything. You know, he was, he was, he was perfectly made as he says in the song for MTV, you know, um, conjured up by MTV. So right. what, song, um, what song do you want to add? You, you can, you can have it. I think this is so funny. He said it might, he went at one point, he, um, he said uh, it was a video for outside. Um, and it was the first song released by Michael after's Beverly Hills arrest. It's a, um, it's satire. he, you know, poses a Los Angeles police officer performing a dance in a public toilet styled out of a disco. Um, okay. And then two male officers arrest couples for previous lewd acts. And he says he referred to the Beverly Hills incident with a lyric. I'd service the community, but I already have, you see. Ah. Hello. Rimshot. Yeah. Get it. All right. Yes. Um, all right. Well, you picked the, pick, pick the single that's going to the, I'm Spotify. going with faith, faith, of course. All right. 35 years ago this week, it was dropped. As the first solo album from George Michael, so Faith and um, another Morgan Wallen record to uh, season three of the Spotify hype song. What what issue with this? You you have an issue with my Morgan Wallen? Just a lot of Morgan Wallen. It's just where I am. A lot of Morgan Wallen. We would like to tell you about a giveaway. Giveaway time. Give us a uh, giveaway jingle, Donna. Giveaway. Mm. Giveaway time. Giveaway time. Giveaway time. We're scrolling ahead here on the run of show. Scrolling ahead. It's the time of the year when you cozy up in your comfiest loungewear, pour a cup of hot cocoa, plug in the twinkle lights while you tune in everyone's favorite holiday movie channel, take your guilty pleasure to the next level, and live out your movie-inspired dreams. Pack your bags and get ready to experience your own holiday magic with a getaway to... Awesome Alpharetta, Georgia. Win the ultimate Hallmark Holiday Getaway to Alpharetta. Oh, I love it. The ultimate Hallmark Holiday Getaway to Alpharetta. One lucky winner wins a getaway package that includes a two-night weekend stay at the Courtyard, Atlanta, Alpharetta, Avalon area. Value of $550. $50 gift card to Kilwins. $50 gift card to Alpharetta Outfitters. A uh, $50 gift card to Perched. A $50 gift card to Bonobos. A $50 gift card to Bagel Boys. $100 gift card to James Avery. $100 gift card to Cleaver and Cork. $100 gift card to Vinny's on Windward. Great restaurant. And $100 gift card to City Eats Kitchen. Total price package. Value at over $1,200. One person's going to win that. $1,200 holiday package. It's amazing. Awesome Alpharetta. It is the extravagant ultimate Hallmark holiday getaway to Alpharetta. To enter to win, visit awesomealpharetta.com that's awesomealpharetta.com or by swinging by the Alpharetta Welcome Center between November 1st that is today and December 31st that is December 31st to enter in person I want to see those people that come in in person now, they, they mean business g- g- head in there knock on the door make sure they're not in meetings and, 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 yeah. and, and doing big things for the city of Alpharetta yeah say hello to Janet say hello to Jim Gilvin the mayor uh, the mayor doesn't work out of his office he's close, uh, well he's he may come we'll go see him at, at, uh, he may be Center. there at City Halls, where uh, Jimmy mm-hmm. is, uh, say hello to uh, to Abby. Say hello to, uh, to yes. Lane and everybody. All the all the partners we have at awesomealpharetta.com. That's where that's where that crew is. And tell them you are here to register. You want to win. 
And you know what you do? You turn your, you turn your corner down on your entry form. That's what you always do. So that when the person reaches in to grab it, it sort of sticks to their hangnail and you win. Donna's given out, uh, it's like winning, winning Powerball numbers. Yeah. Yep. 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 Tips of uh, how to skirt the system and win. Yeah. Turn it down. The trip. Yep. There you go. Visit awesomealfreda.com if you're not in the Alpharetta area and register there. Taylor Swift was on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon talking cats. Jimmy put a clock on 30 seconds and asked Taylor Swift to name as many cat breeds as she can in 30 seconds. Okay. I bet she nailed them. Here we go. Go. Scottish Fold, Ragdoll, Ragamuffin, uh, Maine Coon, British Short Hair, Exotic Short Hair, American Short Hair, Devon Rex, Cornish Rex, Sphinx Cat, Abyssinian, nice Persian, Siberian, Burmese, uh, Norwegian Forest Cat, uh, Ossa Cat, Bengal, um, um, Bombay Cat, Russian Blue, Munchkin Cat, um, um, a Black Cat, a Calico Cat, a cat that knocks pens off of desks. Quite well. I mean, that's amazing. She is a cat woman. Taylor Swift's Midnight's hits number one on the Billboard 200 chart with the biggest week for an album in seven years. It had been uh, seven years in 2015. Adele's 25 dropped and did about double what Taylor did in week one. But but just the week one numbers. Taylor's Midnight's becomes the best-selling album of the year. It's November 1st today. I saw this meme where... Um where Jake Gil- Jake Gyllenhaal, like it was something towards Scooter Braun to say, it's your turn now. Because well, yeah. like, you know, after the last Taylor album, it was all about the sweater and the scarf and Jake Gyllenhaal and the sister and Maggie. And he's like, thank God she released a new album. He was, it was something to the effect of he was the only person, the only man who the was on target. the only man who was excited that Taylor had released new music. Right, right. You know, who was Jake Gyllenhaal. Taylor gets her 11th number one album with Midnight's, and she now ties Barbara Streisand for the most number one albums among women. Congratulations. You still listening to it? I love it. Okay. Well, I don't mean to hold you up. Don't yeah, mean to uh, keep sorry. you out of bed. Let's, uh, so, you know, we're going to bump uh, Giselle and Tom for next episode. Yep. Well, we got to Ben Burnett, and also going to talk about the article. Uh, that what Esther says was her one rule that she would not allow the kids to break, and, and she raised two CEOs and a doctor, Don. Good for her. This one rule that uh, we're going to share with you next episode. Cover the New York Post of the day after the uh, divorce was announced. Sacked. Brady takes another hit as Giselle splits. And then she's mm. looking, at him, looking at her on his back. Mm. He's on the field with his uni on. And she's got him like by the scruff of his neck almost with divorce papers mm. in this uh, illustration. That's, uh, that's all I got. What about you? Anything? Let's, let's wrap up here, Donna. Why are you, why are you slowing things down? I'm good. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Let's just call it an episode. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, Jennifer Harp Thomas, thank you. Uh, Pod Peep Jennifer reached out just uh, saying that, uh, thinking about you and, and, and the family with the, the passing of Mr. Al. Very sweet. Uh, so many people were so kind to reach out. And, oh, so many people. Thank you so much. Thankful for that. Cadillac Jack. Audio for this episode of Cadillac Jack, my second act from the University of Georgia, Athens. Taylor Swift and Republic Universal Music. George Michael and Columbia Records. Ollie's Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Morgan Wallen and Panacea Records, NBC Universal, and The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Our thanks to executive producers Carl Appen and Hans Appen. Production assistance provided by Ingo Studios, Steve Mitchell, and Ingo Studios here in Atlanta. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network.